yes, yes. Yo, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den. Hopefully everything is good with you, yours, and everybody in between. If this is your first time listening to The Lion's Den, tell you a little bit about what we do and why we do it, okay? We focus on all things growth, development, leadership with a call to action. All right, from the household to out in the community. And this is how we do it. All right. It's more than just having conversations um, behind the mic. We get in front of the mic and try to make sure uh, the action is in line with the things that we're doing. Now we got Big Herm up in the building. Yo, I think you muted, man. You're gonna have to unmute yourself. Uh let me see. Yes, yes, yes. Y'all need to be talking about Founders Day. Y'all should have had <laughs> sororities and fraternities on. Well, you know what? That's not a bad idea, but uh, we don't like to do things in a vacuum. So that's why we leave this open for everybody. If y'all have some great opportunities or great uh, content that we should bring out there or to the world, let us know ahead of a time. We're every Sunday. Right on, right on. Big Herm, how you feeling, bro? Man, hey, first, I guess happy Founders Days to all the all of fraternities. Because I know I feel like all of y'all is around the same time. The AKAs is today, though. Okay. So, uh, happy Founders Founders Day to the AKAs out there. There you go. Happy Founders Day to them. Happy Founders Day to everybody. Everything, everything, man. Today is like a wild day, man. We about to hit some bad weather out here. Oh yeah. Well, listen. How about uh, we're already we've been in the negatives all day this morning. Negative five, and I think the high was one. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So it's hey, like we finally finally reaching into winter now, ain't we? Absolutely, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, you know, it's like, oh, and look, here we go. We say uh it's five five founders days in January. There you go. There you go. Well, look, it would have been it would have been great. It would have been yeah. great. But however, here's the deal though. The good thing is we're all year round. You understand what I'm saying? So we can always have them on, right? It's like uh it's like uh holidays. It's all good. If it's, it's truly there, we can get it. Yeah, all if y'all if y'all, if y'all want to see it and we can get the people on here to do it, we'll definitely get on here Come on. And, and speak with them. You know what I mean? That's right. Let them know how we do. So what else going on with you, man? Man, uh again, I tried had to rush up to the job last minute. Yeah. You know, to check, make sure everything was good with street, you know, with street department staying warm. Man, it was just a Everything Big, discombobulated mess. Well, I'm not even in my right clothes today, so it's all right. I apologize right. to everybody for that. But man, it's the new year, right? Yeah, we're starting into the new year. People are talking about their resolutions. Some people might have already fell off by now. No, I, I, I already had a couple of cupcakes. This it's cool, <laughs> it's cool, y'all. You know what I mean? No, it ain't. Hey, no, no, here's the reason why it's cool. Because cool, why, why here's the reason why it's cool. Because while we are still breathing, there's still a chance to get right. You know what I mean? You can't change what you did. I can't change the fact that I ate them cupcakes. Can't change it. Did it. It's done. No. But what I can change is what I do from here moving forward. Facts. You know so, what I mean? Check this out. Here's the deal. You made a commitment, right? You mm -hmm. said you was going to keep your face baby booty soft and, and, and look at you now, right? You had a goal. You had a goal. Look at you. You fell off the wagon. Crazy I'm train. I'm off. You off. Get back on it. So, yeah. get, hey, get, get, bring all the chins back. You <laughs> Shave it clean because you got some things to do, bro. That's accountability. But everybody, look, hey, y'all let us know how you've been doing with your uh, New Year's resolution, okay? Let us know how you've been doing. Is What type of struggles uh, you, you're dealing with. That's what we hear. Okay, we here and shout out to everybody. I see you, James. I hear, I see you, homeboy. I see you, cuz. I see everybody getting it in. And uh, hey, this is gonna be a good show today. Good, good show, man. Speaking of speaking of New Year's resolutions, man, I think some people might not understand the reason might they are falling off is maybe they're approaching it the wrong way. Maybe they need a new way, a new way of doing things to reach that goals, like fitness, for example. We got an excellent guest to come on that's coming on. That's going to speak about a whole new way of what we do. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to get, getting fit, right? You know what I mean? Right. You're right. I'm going to tell y'all something, y'all. Um, so y'all go and check us out. Check out the um, the, the TikTok and on YouTube and on Facebook. So I had the opportunity to go to uh, BioFit STL, right, with Mr. John Zorbach. And let me tell y'all. If y'all ever seen, I'm going to share my age a little bit, right? Uh, date myself. If you ever seen Rocky Four, okay? 
when Rocky was fighting, uh, what's the name? Drago. All right. Rocky was picking up logs and everything. You get what I'm saying? Up in the barn, getting it in. But Drago was in this high tech facility with these machines that was working his body. You get what I mean? And he was, you know, it, it, it was more technology based. This what this is about, I promise you. But look, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to want y'all to give it up for Mr. John Zorbach, y'all in the building. Yes, yes, yes. And, and listen, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, before I let him say hey or whatever, I think you need to understand not only not only is he a fitness specialist, but he's also also an army vet. Y'all give it up for him. Yes, yes, yes. Hey. Mm -hmm. One more thing before we get started, man. Hey, for you guys out there, make sure y'all are sharing yes. and getting people in for this. Hey, if you know anybody that's a Cowboy fan, just go ahead and tell them turn off the game. It's over with. This is done. This tell is them, done. tell yeah. them turn the game off and go ahead and tune on in. At least they're going to get something beneficial tonight. There you go. There you go. Hey, John, man, how you doing, brother? What's up, my man? I'm doing really good. That's good, man. Well, look, I'll let you introduce yourself uh, to the Lions then. We were we already had you on the vet pod, but this is a whole different uh, audience, man. So I'll let you have at it. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, I really appreciate you guys giving me uh, an opportunity to introduce myself and just explain a little bit about, you know, what it is that I do and, you know, kind of my background, where I came from. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I'm, a, I'm an Army veteran. Uh, I'm still in. I'm, I, uh, I serve in the Missouri National Guard. Uh, I'm a signal officer, and I'm the current commander of the uh, 179th uh, Cyber Protection Team uh, in the state of Missouri. Um, but I also uh, I run BioFit. And so BioFit was um, uh, it's the second version of my, my physical um, personal training fitness uh, studio concept. Uh, I started off uh, as a more of a conventional trainer using uh, free weights and bumper plates and, you know, rogue equipment, kind of doing a, a bodybuilding uh, CrossFit hybrid type of a thing. And in 2018, I had uh, the privilege of experiencing my first uh, adaptive resistance exercise uh, ec uh, workout um, at a place called Quantify Fitness in Nashville, Tennessee. And these machines completely changed how I approach uh, fitness, uh, my life in a lot of ways, uh, the high intensity training philosophy um, or, or more modality, so to speak, with um, with how strength training works uh, has completely revolutionized everything uh, from my, my personal life, my business, um, you know, how I approach um, personal relationships, professional relationships. Um, and it's just it's it's been a hell of a ride, you know, and my my crusade now is really just about trying to expose as many people to to this technology and to this way of training uh, for general fitness um, and for health span, for longevity of life um, and, you know, physical independence. And so just I just want to say thanks for, you know, giving me an opportunity to talk about it. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, hey, so first question right off the bat, because you have a extensive background in fitness, correct? You know what I'm saying? You. Your, your journey into BioFit was not really, it's not your first uh, first time around the block when it comes to fitness. So since you have experience with traditional way of training, like you said, for bodybuilding, uh, CrossFit, HIT, and now with the with the new, the new training that you are doing now that uh, that is more focused on the resistance on the time, I, I, what you call it, adaptive, what did you call it again? Uh, so the machines are called adaptive resistance exercising. Resi yeah. What is the biggest difference between the two? And what is the benefit that you can get with the adaptive resistance exercising uh, machines as opposed to traditional free weight uh, and weight machines? So it's <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack there because the the machine themselves, the technology is a motorized resistance. And so it is going to provide a person the ability to use their muscles um, in a way that is maximally um, beneficial for what was called inroad or or muscular fatigue, right, or hypertrophy. And so, the biggest difference between using mechanical resistance with what these machines can do. Uh, as opposed to using like a weight stack or free weights is that 
every moment, every second of your of your repetition of the exercise as you go through your range of motion, whatever that is for the individual, you're going to get the perfect amount of weight or the perfect amount of resistance every single moment through your sticking point at your weakest point and at your strongest at the same time. And so it's, it's like using a magical barbell. It's like using, it's like, it's like the weight on the bar is perpetually changing and it's the perfect amount of resistance that you need in order to get the work done for maximum benefit and efficiency every single time. It's the closest okay. thing to perfect exercise that currently exists on the planet. I got, I got a follow up if you don't mind. You don't mm -hmm. mind, Seth. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so with that, um, since people train for different things, right? Some people train to get bigger. Some people train to, to lose weight. Some people just want to get cut. You know what I mean? Some people don't know what they're doing. Does this machine? So, do you set the machine for for those for those modes, or how how do you know? How does it know what your what your goals are when you're coming into the training? So the machine doesn't know anything, right? The machine is just a tool that you use in order to accomplish a specific thing that you're that you want to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. So, like we have um, we have a vast array of people that come in all different age groups, all different experience levels, um, all sorts of different disabilities or capabilities uh, that they can or can't do. And it's the, the machine allows for us to tailor uh, to each individual person the perfect type and the perfect amount of exercise that they would need, or strength training rather, uh, to get to wherever it is that they wanna go. I mean, the exercise itself is a is a is a really good catalyst it's 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 critical in um you know building strength building bone density getting muscular endurance getting the right hormones and um you know secreted chemicals out of your brain and into your body that you need to be the healthiest you know version of whatever it is you're trying to do uh but it's really about working with the individual on a facilitation level right like a one-on-one -on -one to understand what is it that they really want why are they here uh what are they trying to accomplish and then tailoring each exercise and each workout and the program itself around trying to get them to where they want to be there you go all right. So look, ladies and gentlemen, uh, hopefully y'all, if y'all just tuning in, we got Mr. John Zorbach in the building, CEO of the BioFit STL. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a little bit of what I went through yesterday. <laughs> okay. So listen, for y'all that don't know, I'm in the gym between five, six days uh, a week. Okay. And this was a totally, totally different experience. So you're just going to see a little clip of me uh, trying my best to get it in. So don't look, don't get it twisted. I'm not going to let you watch all of it. That's going to be up to you, but just a little bit of the, um, the information. Okay. Check it out. Hey, what's going on everybody. This is me. This is Seth with the Lions Den with Seth. And I am here in STL BioFit, or BioFit STL with Mr. John Zorbach, and what he's going to do is put me through one of his machines, right? And you're going to see me struggle. The reason why I'm struggling is I've already went through a bunch of these already, as you can see, right? But um, what I want you guys to do is to watch me go through some of this, but hear his explanation because, ladies and gentlemen, it's more than just a gym. You're actually working your body out to your truest and fullest potential. So I'm let, just listen to John. He's about to make it all make sense. Go ahead. All right. So we are going to perform the last exercise, okay. uh, bicep curls. Okay. So rarely do we do, like we're just talking about, rarely do we isolate movements here mm -hmm. because the body doesn't use any one muscle by itself mm -hmm. functionally in nature. Mm -hmm. But sometimes uh, people just like the way that they feel. Um, or they like to experience, you know, some nostalgia mm -hmm. from, from back in the day, you know, work and have a good arm day or something like that. So what we're gonna do is put you in a position, as you can probably already tell, 
um, you're laying down to do a bicep curl. That's weird. Right. right. But I'm I'm setting the conditions for you to not be able to cheat. There's not going to be any leverage that you're going to be able to use in order to do this easier. Okay. It's going to suck just as much on the first rep as it's going to on the last one. Okay. Right. How encouraging, right? But okay. But it's going to be as effective on the first one as it will be on the last one. Okay. More or less what I mean. So, so you are going to curl that up to your face. Now, I want you to tell me when you stop <coughs> the contraction and when you're about to stop. Okay, so when pull. So you notice that there's a point mm -hmm. in which the angle of your elbow, mm -hmm. you are no longer activating the muscle Correct. of your core. Right? Mm -hmm. So I find out where that is. Mm -hmm. And then we do the same thing on the way down. So I want you to tell me when do you feel it more in your forearms than in your biceps. Okay. Right, right okay. So you would think that your range of motion for a bicep curl would be something like this. Okay. When in reality it's not. It's actually closer to like a six or a seven inch range of motion. Mm -hmm. Because what are we doing? We're working the biceps. That's right. The biceps don't activate here. That's right. right? And they don't activate here. They only activate at that okay. point. So I'm going to find the perfect amount of range of motion for you mm -hmm. to do this perfectly every time. Okay. Right. Let's do it. Right. We're going to do a five second cadence okay. in each direction, mm -hmm. and you'll do no more than five reps. Okay. okay. So we're going to start at the top. Mm -hmm. On the count of go, on the count of go, you're going to pull and resist. As best you can. There you go. And then curl it back up. Make sure you're breathing. All right. So yeah, that's the end of that. That, that's, that's that's it. That's it. Hey, wait, 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 wait. wait, no, wait, that's, wait, it. wait. that's it. Here's the thing, though. No. You got you got to let them watch so they could get the full effect of what's going on. Uh, no, no. Okay, you got it, man. Come on, man. Oh, no, listen. Okay, so look, here it is. Um, so yeah, we can recap. All right, real quick. Come on, man. No, that listen. If y'all want to see it, go go to TikTok and talk to it. All right, you can see it for yourself. The main go to thing, TikTok and watch it. That's you know, right. The main you would have thought you would have thought that they were building the Terminator in there. It, it, that's how I felt, and that's oh, how I man, felt. Yeah, it, 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 real it, talk. It looked and sounded pretty intense. Go <laughs> on to TikTok, and it, it'd be worth it'd be worth the watch. It was. It was so. Uh, so, John, the reason why I wanted to make sure I would capture that, and we're going to let everybody else listen to me struggle, right? But the reason why I wanted to capture that is so that they can have an idea of the explanations of the body and as it, you know, as you, you move it out. Do you find yourself communicating this to individuals that never been on a machine like myself and explaining to them, hey, you think just because you've been lifting weights for so long, you've actually been doing something that's effective, but studies show you are not. And how do you go about uh, communicating that to them? So it's, you know, a lot of the clients that I have, a lot of the, the people that this um, attracts are people that really, they don't understand proper form. They don't know what they're doing in a gym. Um, they've never really done any any significant type of strength training before. And so I spend a lot of time making sure that they understand that there is no, there's really no way to hurt yourself to do this. And what the, the, what the machine affords us the ability to do is to set the conditions for each individual person's range of motion so that they're maximizing the contraction of the targeted muscle that we're that we're trying to use and and fatigue and grow. And so when you're doing regular weights uh, in the gym, the problem with with static weight is that you you're stuck with one with one weight with one resistance um, measurement through your entire range of motion and so one you you have to know what the right range of motion is and very few people do i didn't for a very very long time i didn't understand that there's a 
there's a point of weakness and there's a point of strength and there's a point of uh, disengagement depending on what angle my shoulder, my my elbow, my knees or, you know, or whatever we're at, I would just do what I was told to do uh, or what the, or what the magazines would tell me to do. I would just mimic what all of the professionals were doing. And so what these machines allow for us to do is to take a little bit more of a, of a scientific, almost clinical um, approach to exercise and strength training and really work with the anatomy and physiology of the body better because we have a better understanding um, of what the benefits of doing that in a controlled environment can be, right? And so the machine, the, the machine is able to be set to each individual person's perfect biomechanical range of motion so that no matter the, the, you know, the size the, or the weight or the gender or the experience, the, all of those things are immaterial each individual user on the machine will get as close to perfect um, of the amount of stimulus and fatigue for whatever muscle group we're trying to to target. See, no, no, that makes sense. So Herm, let me ask you something. So our background, right? Services like for real services like FSS, right? Now, what do you know? SVS, my fault. What do you think uh, if we had this back in the day, Okay, getting everybody fit, working at the fitness center or whatever. How much, um, I guess, injuries do you think that we could have avoided or people could have avoided themselves? Oh, you're still muted, bro. I think that you can avoid a lot of injuries with a machine like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it, it does enough to protect your joints and nothing going to fall on you or nothing like that. And then also it's tracking your range of motion mm-hmm. and your in your form. Um, like John says, working in the fitness center, that's one of the things that um, I see, you know, that mess people up the most is their form. And a lot of people are more focused on how much weight they putting on the bar than the actual workout itself. Mm-hmm. So when you're out there ego training, um, <laughs> that's yeah, right. you're out there that's ego right. training, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to put this weight on there and then. You're using every part of your body to try to get that weight up. Right. But this machine here is not really telling you how much weight you're, you, you, you've you loaded on, right? So you're not really focused on, you know what I'm saying, how much weight you're doing. Is, am I correct on that? So you're half right. So the machine, there's no loading of, of weight on the, on the machine. So the machine is just basically a very sophisticated uh, reciprocation device. Okay. So however hard you push into the machine or pull against the machine, that is how much, that's how much reciprocated resistance you're going to feel and get in your body. So for example, um, the easiest, I think, uh, example or comparison would be like a bench press, right? Like a lot of people, when you talk about ego training, right? Uh, I think you're spot on because when you load, say, 225 pounds on a barbell, which is like that, that's like that first gate, right? Like first every, one. every young man, like <laughs> the very first goal ever is like, you got to get two plates, right? You got to give you the bench that 225. Mm-hmm. Well, when you put 225 pounds on a bar, then the goal becomes not trying to necessarily fatigue your pecs and your front, you know, your front delts of your, of your shoulders um, adequately to a point where they get stronger and, and bigger and better. The goal is to just push the weight around, right? That's called weightlifting and that's a sport. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's a very viable thing. That's a very important thing for, for some people, but it doesn't, it doesn't hit the mark for people that are really just trying to do general fitness. And if you don't really know, understand the, the mechanics of how to do a bench press properly, then you might not even be activating your pecs. You mm. might be just using all your shoulders. You might all be your using shoulders. All your biceps and triceps and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so what this machine does is imagine, you know, imagine being on a bench press, right? And you got the bar on your chest and there's no weight on the bar. You just have a 45 pound bar. Mm-hmm. And you push as hard as you can, one rep max 
effort. You just, as hard as you can, you push that bar. Now imagine magically all this weight just shows up on the bar and the weight that shows up is whatever your one rep max is, Mm. whatever it is, it shows up, but you have to also understand that you have the, the ability to produce force and push that weight depending on what angle you are at your range of motion, you have different ability to push different weight, which is why when you have somebody who has their one rep max on a squat or, or a deadlift or, uh, or a bench press, you know, kind of the, the big, the big three, you know, uh, power lifting type of movements. If you can't get the weight from here to here, then it's too much weight, but you are capable of producing more force or pushing more weight from this part of your range of motion than you are from down here. So if you have a 305 or a 315, you have three plates. If you have 315 as your bench press max, your bench press max is 315 from here to here. But as soon as you get here, from here to here, your your max is probably closer to like 350 or 360. But because the weight is static, and there's no way to, in real time, variably change that weight. You're stuck with whatever your maximum amount of weight force production capability is at your weakest point. And so what this machine allows is for you to push as hard as you can into the reciprocation device that is the machine. And no matter what part of your range of motion you're at, you're going to be working at whatever your one rep max is. Hmm. So yeah. if so if you if you are say you're just trying to rep out, so does that mean if I don't I don't go that hard on the machine and I'm just you know I'm going light, it's gonna it's gonna match me the same way and I you know I could just kind of rep out and go for reps on this machine. Yeah, I mean, so, it? exactly. So yeah, so for example, like if you're if your one rep max is a hundred pounds, right? And you're pushing hundred pounds as hard as you can. If you decide that you want to dial it back and you don't want to work at a one rep max effort, and let's say you only want to work at a 70 or 80% maximum effort of force production, well, then the machine is going to give you 70 pounds or 80 pounds of force, uh, force production reciprocated stimulus. Okay. Right? So, so here, John, that's why this, this question here makes sense. Uh, we have a user that says, as your fitness improves along with your range of motion, does the machine recalibrate to account for those improvements? So that's a great question. Uh, so it doesn't automatically account for that. So okay. that is where you would. So as your and your range of motion will improve mainly because of the you the usage or the um the uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, the accentuation of the negative. Okay. Right. So you have to. So you have to keep in mind. Again, if your bench press concentric positive max is two twenty five, you can do two twenty five one time from start to finish. But where a lot of people miss a lot of the gains that they could be making in the gym is that they push 225 away from them, but they don't really focus on how much they can resist coming back at them. How much weight can you stop from killing you or crushing you, um, you know, beyond just using, you know, gravity, essentially. So what the machine does is you push it away from you at say 225, a one rep max effort, through your entire range of motion. And that weight continually changes, by the way. So it might be 225 here, and it might be 240 here, and it might be 270 here. But then when you start doing the negative, the eccentric part of the movement, which is what's going to give you more flexibility, it's going to be what is going to increase your range of motion over time. But it's also the most productive part of the actual exercise itself, because the negative is what does the most damage to the muscle tissue. Yeah. You're doing 225, 240, 270 on the way out. You're probably going to be able to resist coming back at you 300, 350, 
370 and then you can do it again right mm. cuz it's like it's like the perfect ultimate drop set every single repetition every single time without having to stop re-rack break break the weights off do it again stop add them on again it's it's the most revolutionary disruptive fitness technology ever i know oh yeah so the um how how long have you had this company so far so i've been doing this for five years okay the, the it, company itself arx adaptive resistance exercise that's arx for short that's the manufacturer that's the company that makes these machines uh they built their first prototype in 2009 and really started uh commercially distributing these like in a real big way in like 2015 2016. so the the, the company is relatively young okay so um in your experience uh through feedback with people that you work work with what is the uh one what is the most common trend is something negative or people say you know what i really didn't like that about this method of training that, that you have been able that you've heard honestly i don't know if i've had anybody get say anything negative about them not liking it um i mean it's not don't so i mean don't get me wrong like it's not this is not comfortable like working to your one rep max effort and and tearing your muscles down to momentary neuromuscular failure right there's nothing fun or comfortable about that feeling or that stimulus right like the experience itself if you're willing to to put all of yourself into that experience uh it, it it's a it's by design a negative stimulus to the body. So, so look, let me answer this real quick. So, a person asked Seth, "How smooth was the machine's operation when you started? Uh, uh, when I tested, so it was actually very smooth. It was me struggling. Okay, it was me like ah, but other than that, it, it's a machine, right? It's it's a motor in and out. That's all it's really doing, right? Based off of." What John was putting in the, you know, in the computer, whatever is saying, whatever the machine or excuse me, whatever the workout is. But other than that, it was all me. And that's what I like about it. OK, it wasn't the like you said, uh, the ego lifting. It's not that it is really finding out what I'm what I'm capable of doing. And then looking at the screen, it's actually showing my intensity of pushing out and pulling in. You, you get what I mean? Or so when the weight comes back. How much of that am I actually uh, resisting? And so my goal as we were doing this is to stay consistently um, either in the green, wherever that range was where I was at, or not to rest. That's another thing. So when you hit the rock bottom on the graph, that's showing that, you're, that you've rested. Because ultimately throughout the whole rep, you're supposed to be constantly either pushing or pulling, pushing or pulling without you know that rest that's why the time frame is so small am i right uh john with that yeah so i mean it's it's again like by design we are what we want to work we want to find for each individual what they're maximally not only physically but mentally capable of so we set the conditions for them to just be able to experience whatever that is yep. um at their at their maximum capacity of force production mm -hmm. and when when they have when each individual person has achieved the desired goal or result of momentary muscle failure the algorithm in the machine tells us when that is and so we know when to stop the exercise so that you're not getting a diminishing return of your time uh, and your effort right yeah. so like every single human being has the everybody has the same um everybody fails at the same time at the same point uh, in terms of fatigue the percentage of tiredness that each individual person experiences but how quickly they get there that is what varies there you right? go okay so some people might be able to fail at maximum effort and capacity and muscular endurance in 50 seconds some people might do it in a minute and 20 minute and 30 and some people 
because they're not quite mentally ready to put themselves into that extreme amount of, of a stimulus might take them upwards of close to two minutes, right? Because they've got to take that time to rest, to rest and they have to take, they have to ease off a little bit because they're not used to that level of intensity that they're able to produce. Now, and again, that's really important. The machine doesn't do anything to you that you're not doing to the machine. It is simply reciprocating back into your body whatever force you're willing or able to give it right so the machine doesn't doesn't push against you mm -hmm. you're pushing against it mm -hmm. and then the stimulus that you that the stimulus response is what you feel as the exercise makes sense so yeah. about how many different workouts can you do with this machine mm -hmm. Um, so when you say workouts, you mean like how many different exercises? Different exercises, yeah. How yeah. many how many different exercises can you do with it? Um, honestly, I, I don't know what the exact number is because I've I don't have like a catalog necessarily, mm -hmm. but I mean I would say I mean if I had to just grab a number off the top of my head. It's an estimate. 40, 50. Not 40. Okay. Because I mean just that day we did eight. Okay. So you can get a total body uh oh, yeah. workout. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could um, because when you're, when you're dealing with a high intensity training type of exercise, when you are maximally loading and contracting the muscles, uh, in whatever movement, uh, that you're trying to get the result from, you have to understand that there's, there's compound movements of muscle groups, uh, a chain, so to speak, that is being, uh, activated in order for you to perform a particular movement. Uh, and then there's isolated, isolating exercises like the, what, like the bicep curl, like we did with Seth. So, but the, the thing is, the reason why I was saying in the video that we don't normally do, uh, isolation exercises is because the body, the human body as a system of systems doesn't perform any particular functional movement with an isolated muscle. Right. Like there's no thing that you can show me that you use your body for on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that is only going to require your triceps to be used. Right. The the muscle groups work in tandem. And so, for example, when you're doing a, a horizontal press, a chest press, you're going to be the prime mover is going to be your pecs. Right. And there's a lot of muscles in here. This isn't just like one big muscle. There's a lot. You know, there's a pectoralis major, a minor, and then there's all these other, you know, parts of your pec that that uh, that get used. And there's like the upper uh, top shelf, right? And then like if you're doing a pec fly, you can do the, the outer part. But when you're using your muscles to that level of intensity, maximally, the entirety of all of the muscle fibers and all of the different parts of the muscle will activate in order to perform the movement that your brain is telling your body to do. But it doesn't work alone. The chest, when the chest is no longer able to do the 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 prime uh, the prime amount of the work that you're asking it to do, it will inevitably uh, basically activate a synergist. It'll activate other muscles to help because it can't do the work by itself. And what right. those muscles are are your front delts. They might be your triceps, depending on how. Uh, and for some people, it might be their biceps, right? It might be their shoulders. It, it, you know, it might be their traps, depending on, you know, like if you're doing it like this, mm -hmm. right, as opposed to having a very relaxed and keeping very strict form, um, the body wants to do what the brain asks it to do. Correct. And so if the, if the, if the primary muscles that, that we want to target, once those muscles are incapable literally and physically incapable of doing the work themselves, they will activate and call on the synergists and any, now there's normally a, there's a preferred chain of how the muscles are going to activate, but any muscle that can help the pecs to do the work that the brain is asking it to do will activate and fatigue. And wow. so we fatigue the target muscle, obviously first. And so other muscles are going to get stimulant stimulus 
um, inevitably, depending on what the angle of the range of motion is. Okay. Well, look, well, look, I appreciate this. All of this. This is a whole lot of great information for those of you that are interested in finding out a little bit more, a lot bit more of BioFit STL. Make sure you go and check them out, right? BioFit sto.com and you can go ahead and sign up uh, to get a free demo it hook you on up and give you some of that great water that'd be a different uh, conversation <laughs> but um what i really want to go into now as we transition we still got a few minutes left want to talk about a little uh, uh a conversation that we were having before we actually start working out physically we really start we started talking about um being holistically fit as you have, as we're talking about physically fit, how are you socially fit? How do you connect with the right people to keep you on the right path and know the difference between your friends and associates? So this conversation was uh, uh, spearheaded by, by John and he was talking about how certain individuals or how we have to be honest about having conversations with individuals to let them know in the right way, hey, you're uh, an associate and this is, you know, this is what that means. Or, you know, you're a true friend, but in my opinion, and you can let me know what you think about this, John and her and our guests, your, your true friends know, all right, because they're with you. They see your trajectory and it's reciprocated of uh, 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 friendship, right? But those other individuals that are, I guess we can utilize this analogy constantly withdrawing from your emotional love tank or bank, right? And But they're not depositing anything. Those individuals are associates. So before I go into you, John, um, give, let me know what you think about that. What, what's your uh, idea as far as associates and friends? Okay, associates and friends, man, um, sometimes it feels like it can intertwine with each other. You know what I'm saying? Cross lanes with each other depends on how close you are to the associate, right? Uh, I think that once you recognize who is who, you know what I mean? It, it's important for you to understand what role they play into your life, right? You can't expect an associate. You can't, what do people like to say? Uh, normally about relationships. You can't expect friend benefits to come from an associate, right? And you really don't want that to happen. You know what I mean? They're, they're associates for a reason. They, they stay on the outskirts. They're cool. You know what I'm saying? They provide a certain level of energy. You know what I'm saying? But you are right if you don't talk to them. You know what I mean? They're not really pouring into you to help you get better. But, you know, they, they're okay. They're okay group of guys or girls over there on the sideline that, you know what I'm saying, I'm cordial with, right? But my friends are the ones that I seek when I'm down. You know what I mean? When I need somebody to tell me the truth about myself. And I respect the message that they have that's coming to me. You know what I mean? I know that it's not coming from a place of spite or vengefulness. It's coming from a place of love. They just want me to get my ass up and get it together. Mm -hmm. Or they'll tell me that I'm wrong in a situation. And I know that, you know what I'm saying? I trust that person to be able to accept that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But once you start letting associates pour into you like that, you, you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't know where that's coming from. It, it develops a weird, weird energy. It could really mess up your whole day. That's right. It's like they can piss in your pool. So, hey, John, let me ask you this. And it's coming from James. Listen, he says, can associates be considered close family members? I think that's a good question. What do you think about that? Um, so I, I think when you say close family member, I mean, to me, that that kind of defines them as, as being, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, you can consider family and friend, it's a completely different dynamic. Um, you know, but the, but I think there's different levels of close. Yes. You know, and, 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 you know, one of the things that, that I, that I find, uh, to be very interesting that I've experienced in, in my life and what I've, you know, heard from other people is that, <clears throat> and it's very fascinating. People can try to, they might not, especially, I think family is probably most notorious for this. They can love you and hurt you at the same time. So meaning they can try through love and through them wanting the best for you, they can actually hold you back. 
they can try to um, de-risk some of the, the things that you might be trying to accomplish because they don't see the same, they're not looking at the same picture you're looking at. Or they might be scared for you, right? They don't want you to fail. They don't want you to feel uh, less than. They don't want you to, to have any of the negative emotions or negative experiences maybe that they've had in the past. Or um, they just don't want, they want what's best for you. And what from their perspective is best is for you not to fail, right? I think the most common part of that is like, go to college and get a good job, right? For most people, I mean, that seems like it might be pretty good advice, but like maybe college isn't where you belong, but like your parents are going to be like, no, you need to get this degree and I'll do anything I can to help you go, you know, to, to get it. Um, but if you're more entrepreneurial, right, if you're, if you have a, a larger appetite for risk, uh, and you have the talent, the drive and the vision to maybe do something great, that's well beyond what, what college or what school could do, then you might have a family member who's very close that you love and trust and that they love and trust you very much. But if you, if you listen to them and you let them, their fears and their, their, uh, their lack mentality, um, penetrate your, you know, if, if that's a stronger vibrational message for you than what you're really trying to accomplish, then they could be, they could be loving you by hurting you. Mm, I like that. So here, let me uh, chime in with this. And so we have a viewer that says, let's be honest. Some family uh, can be emotional vampires and suck all of your joy uh, or for movement. And you know, that can agree, but however, this is where the accountability piece comes from. Like a vampire, they can only come into your space when they're invited. So your responsibility is to protect your neck. You get what I mean? Yes, some individuals are that way, but you have to set the boundaries and make sure that you know. And that's when we're talking about the friends or the associates, how to associate yourself with them in a loving manner, but also how to set that boundary. Right. Especially to uh, to uh, John's point, when you have that entrepreneurial you know, uh, background or thought process, and they don't, they may too be trying to help, or they may be kind of hating on you. You get what I'm saying? So the question is, how long do you expose yourself to that type of um, either treatment or that negative uh, feedback? Herm, what you think about that? Oh, you mute again, bro. Say it again. Depends on who it is and where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, some some folks, some folks, you just can't snap your fingers and be done with them. You know what I mean? The, the relationship is is too deep. The relationship is is something. You know what I'm saying that you connected in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's unrealistic. And you know what I'm saying is to say, oh yeah, you just get, snap your fingers and be done with them if they they not on your team like that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, of course. But you know what I'm saying? If you can, as soon as possible, if you feel like, hey, there's no turnaround with this person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For whatever whatever reason it is, could be something I did in the past, something they did in the past. But for whatever reason it is, every time I'm trying to move forward, they're the ones that's holding me back or trying to sink whatever idea I got or, you know, just put some negativity into me. Mm -hmm. I, you got to create distance. That's right. You know what I mean? Because there's there's nothing more fragile than a thought, than a, than an idea. You know what I mean? That you have, like you know, I got this great idea. You know what I mean? And that needs to be come and, somebody come and shit on it. Yeah, man, it needs to be protected, man. Because when when you initially get that idea, you're at a point of insurity yourself. That's right. You know what I'm like, man? Can I really do this? Hell no, you can't do it. Smack it out of your hand. Right. <laughs> you, know you, right. Like, you know what I mean? So you got. You know what I'm saying? You got to be careful who you share this this fragile thing with until you be able to build enough confidence in it to where now it's strong, to where people can kick it around a little bit and let you know, hey, did you think about this? Did you think about that? Kick it around, beat it up for you, and you can get it and fix it and make it even stronger. You know what I mean? But in that very beginning, you got to be very careful who you mm -hmm. share that little thing with because it'll crush that bitch. You know what I mean? That'd be looking crazy. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is true. Hey, well, look, um, well, look, uh, let's let's do this real quick, uh, John, man. If 
if there's anything that you can tell an individual that's aspiring to get their body right or their mental, their physical, their, their, their social. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, whatever you can do, whatever you can say, man, I would like you to give your, you know, a straight minute, two minute talk on what individuals can do to get themselves into a space of holistically fit. Well, that's, that's a tall order, brother. And just you got, it. You, got it. Um, you know, I think learning how to be honest with oneself and really getting true to who you want to be and figuring out how bad do you really want what you think you want. You know, um, I think there's a lot of people and I've I've been um, you know, this has happened to me before where I think I want something, but I, I'm not really willing to do the work to, to, to have it or achieve it. I just, it's a nice to have, it would, it would be nice if I, but I'm not really committed and, and disciplined uh, to do what is required to have or achieve the thing. And I think understanding, um, understanding the difference uh, between some of the things in your life, that could be a, a great place to start. Um, you know, I think a lot of people put more emphasis than is needed into the physical. Um, and what I mean by that is the aesthetic, like, you know, general, like I, I, I came from a place of only caring about using exercise and fitness as a way to look good or to be aesthetically pleasing, um, to other people not for myself. It was more of an external um, relationship that I had with that because I wasn't doing it for the reasons that I am now um, from like a from just being healthy, being able to do the things that I want to do. And I mean, I, I still when I when I have a good diet regimen, when I have a good self care um, discipline, when I get plenty of sleep, when I eat the right foods, when I exercise uh, on a regular basis, the what I've learned is that when you have the majority of the other parts of your life dialed in, whether it's the mental, the, the social, the emotional, physical, whatever, when you have all those things dialed in, the byproduct is that you normally look good and that you feel good. And so it's like, I would say it's very akin to chasing money, right? chasing a job or chasing a career simply because you're going to make a lot of money when you achieve the thing. And I think like having a six pack is like the, the easiest example. If you've ever had a six pack and then you haven't had a six pack because you have lost your drive, your discipline, your commitment, whatever. And maybe you only have like a two pack or maybe you like you look like a guy that used to have the six pack, but you don't really have, you don't have that, that, um, level of body fat percentage anymore, right? right? It's not that low. Almost anyone that I know that has ever had a six pack, the, the type of lifestyle that you have got to maintain in order to have a six pack is not fun. Mm. Unless you're genetically predisposed to just having a high metabolism and maybe you're young, you know, you're under the age of like 35 or 40 um, and you have the, the phenotype of just having a six pack, Getting and maintaining a six pack is very hard. You don't get to enjoy much of life as most of us get to experience and have a six pack at the same time, right? You don't get cheat days. You don't get to, you know, have a beer every once in a while. You don't get to go to the Super Bowl party and have, you know, nachos. Like you don't get to experience some, most of the things that would be considered fun or, you know, eat food that's, really delicious and good. I mean, it's usually not very good for you, but the point right. is, is like a lot of people think they want a six pack, but they don't want to do the work that's required to have it. Man, boy. Mm -hmm. Like it's, and I'm, very and I'm here to tell you, like, it's not that big of a deal. Once you get to be like 30, 35, 40 years old, like super duper don't care about that. <laughs> like, that is not what defines me. Right. And it's the same thing about chasing the job with the money. Like if you have a, if you have a, a goal to, 
get a job that's, you know, the only reason that you want this job is because you want to be able to make 200 grand a year. If you don't have a very specific plan as to what it is you're going to do with that money, if it's just about the money and the flex, once you get that money, that money's not going to make you happy. That's right. Money isn't going to fulfill you. It's not going to like, it's not going to solve all the problems. And if you don't have a reason, if you don't have a very definitive why, then your problems are only going to compound because no money, more problems. And the more money you have, if you don't manage it properly, the more money you're going to spend. And if you don't have a clear path and a clear reason, specifically a why as to why you're doing whatever it is that that you're wanting to do, then start there, right? Start with like, what do I want to do? How do I want to feel? Who do I want to be? When people talk about me when I'm not there, what do I want them to say? Mm. And so start with that. And then reverse engineer your, your plan, your life, your relationships, your workouts, whatever. Tailor it to that. And once you achieve that, take a step back, sit down, take a knee and see how, do, how does that feel? How does, how do I feel? Do I feel good about the person that, that um, people perceive me to be? Do I even care if people perceive me as a real, as, as whatever it is that I want? Are you doing it for other people or are you doing it for yourself? I mean, like there's a, there's a lot there, man, but like, oh, I get you. you know, you, you got to start with why, um, mm-hmm. You know, Simon Sinek is is just brilliant. You know, if, if, if any of you that are, you know, watching or listening to this, if starting with why with Simon Sinek is probably one of the most basic, fundamental, but most powerful things that I've ever uh, encountered in my life is because, like, if you don't have a strong enough why, everything is doomed eventually. You're right. Everything, all the excuses will, will the people the excuses, like the, anytime it gets hard, anytime that you, anything that keeps you from the goal, if your why isn't strong enough, then you're only ever going to get 60, 70% of where you want to be and what you could be. My man. Yeah, man. My man. There you go. Go ahead. Find a word with you, big Herm. I'm working on my six pack, though. Is that the final word? Stop it. I'm working on my, my <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna get rid of this right here mm-hmm. and get my my six pack going. Good. And I'm not talking about Bud Light neither, man. I know that's a lame joke, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, John, I want to appreciate you coming onto the show and sharing with folks. You know what I'm saying? The different avenue, at least putting it in their mind. Like, look, here's a different way to train. You know what I mean? There's a there's a way that might fit your lifestyle more. Uh, something that's been tried, true, and tested, you know what I'm saying, that they give you the, um, a great workout in a short amount of time, right? I think it's important that when I – th- I talked to Seth about it earlier, about when people are looking to reach their New Year's resolutions or their goals or whatever, that maybe the way that you're doing it just doesn't work for you. Maybe you want to try something different, you know what I'm saying, because if you keep doing the same thing over and over – and not getting to the results, maybe it's not either not sustainable for you or you're doing it wrong. Either way, you know what I'm saying? We just gave you another way for you to look at things, another way for you to look at uh, something that you could do for your health. Um, understanding your why, you know what I'm saying? Why do you want to get yourself in shape? Why do you want to get financially better? You know what I'm saying? Why do you want to get spiritually better? I think it's important to just going in there blind, just trying to throw things at the wall, see what sticks. So um, thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you again, John, for coming on and sharing with us today. Absolutely. And everybody is out there talking about I got a big head. I, I see the jokes, man. I say I'll address you guys later. Man, shut up. You did it on purpose. Hey, did you do that? You did that on purpose, man, right? Hey, man, come on, man. <laughs> but look, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, just like you say, y'all, I ain't piggybacking on nothing. Everybody hit it where you hit it, and it all made sense. This is what we do right here in the Lion's Den. John, don't go anywhere. Uh, but everybody, we will see y'all again next week. Make sure you stay 
you know, stay warm, stay safe because this weather out there is a mess. But we're going to holler at you when we holler at you. Be easy. Later. Thank <laughs> you.